Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen Foundation and receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast to communicate stories of the people and practices from far-flung ranches and dairies throughout the state in an effort to better connect them with the customers that they serve. Today, we bring you our first visit from a dairy. New Hope Dairy is located in Galt, California, about a mile off of Highway 99. My first impression of the dairy is how quiet it was. Despite being surrounded by hundreds of very large animals, the only things to be heard is an occasional gate clanking and an electronic bird deterrent tasked with keeping starlings out of the feed. Additionally, it was immediately apparent to me that dairy operations are quite different from those at ranches. In a ranch visit, it's often difficult to get within 20 yards of a cow unless there's food involved, where dairy operations keep the animals closer to ensure they receive an exact diet developed by a nutritionist, which allows for much better photo opportunities. The cows are also different. New Hope milks Holstein cows. The large black and white piebald animals, which we're all so familiar with from advertisements and grade school coloring books. The breed originated in Holland and Germany centuries ago and was developed to best utilize grass as a food source while producing high yields of milk. The cows at New Hope are content, quietly noshing on their feed, nary a moo to be heard. We recorded this episode in a walk and talk style with owner Arlen and his son Kale, so apologies for any wind noise and the distinct lack of mooing. We were introduced to the ranch by Arlen's teenage son, Kale, who spoke on what he likes about working on a dairy, and then went on to talk to Arlen about nutrition, the dairy's history, and his feelings on succession. Basically, on how to approach continuing the dairy with the next generation, his children. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. That's kind of fun living on it because you can ride your dirt bikes, quads, anything, or and you can also, it's kind of fun just working around here, like driving, you know, when you're cleaning this truck, it's just kind of fun doing that. Just maybe it's not fun sometimes when cows get out sometimes, but not going to happen. When did you start working? Um, probably when I was, when I was five, well, my dad doesn't love this, so like when we were five, six, probably, we'd always like maybe go around me and my sister you know, clean out the water troughs and stuff, do some little stuff. And now, now I'm getting started to scrape all these trails and I'm doing more some more stuff like cleaning out the pens, picking up plastic, uh, anything that needs to be done around here. Does it feel like chores to you or are there things that are- uh, It's like chores I feel like are just like inside guard stuff. But I feel like this is kind of like just like working, you know? Is there something that you're not able to do that, that you're looking forward to being able to do at some point? Milking. Really? Yeah. No. Why can't you do that? No, it's kind of milking. You have machines now, so it's confusing now. It can be confusing. It can be hard. My little brother started when he was 17. And this is just a, a weird question, but like, do you recognize any? Like, are, are there some that you know? Yeah, like, there's some I know. Oh, yeah. Um, so, just wait, by number? Do you have a my, favorite one? My 4 H cow. She's over there. We can walk over there if you want to see. But she, she, yeah, she was a thing. I got grand champion for class and I went to masters and I think I got third or fourth. I can't remember. Third or fourth place in master championship. And I got grand in class, grand champion. So that's tech. So my brothers, I think last year that he did it, he got the same places as me. So me and my, all my family have gotten really forage. In all dairies in California, we just don't feed everybody the same thing. We separate our cows into 
we call stages of lactation. Basically, when a cow has a calf or a baby, um, for the first 30 days of that period, they require, um, they require more energy, more fat, more carbohydrates. Uh, so we have to make sure that there's plenty of feed in front of them at all times, fresh feed, fresh water, and the right kind of feed. And so that first 30 days is really crucial to get that cow started off right. If, if a cow, a cows, are, cows are funny animals. Genetically, they're like super athletes, you know. They, they produce milk and that's their, you know, ability. But they'll do it a lot of times at the expense of their body weight or their body maintenance, right? So if they miss a day on food or there's not enough feed for them to eat, they'll just shrink. <laughs> so what we have here is a canola pellet and a lot of these feeds that we have in our commodity area are, um, are, are feeds that otherwise uh, would end up in landfills. You know there's a lot of recycling that goes on in, in dairy feed. Uh, canola meal is basically everything that's left over from pressing the canola seed to get oil out of and they pelletize it. Right next to it is a lighter color pellet. Uh, that's soy hole pellets. That's the soybean oil uh, leftovers. We also use rolled corn. That's a product that actually comes from back east. And then other products like cottonseed. Uh, cottonseed's the leftover of cotton. Um, and cows have the are, are ruminants and their ability to digest things a lot you know a lot more thoroughly than say a horse or a pig a single stomached animal other products like uh, bakery waste and bakery waste is kind of cool it comes out of a, a Stockton which is only 30 minutes away from here and what that company does is go around and, and basically gets all your day-old cookies and breads and and anything that's day-old they, they take away all the packaging out of it and filter it and then they uh, they heat it in sort of a kiln and get it really hot and sterilize it. And then they crush it up and standardize it. And it's a really good source of carbohydrates. Um, when you pick it up in your hand and smell it, uh, you could, yeah, I mean, I've not had anybody that said, you know, you could put some milk in this and, and this is like the best cereal you, you know. Is it or, consistent like week to week? Like yeah, ab absolutely. Like and that's the beauty of it. Cause we've, in the past, when my grandfather was running the dairy and my dad, we'd try to mess around with bakery, but it's so inconsistent and you'd have mold issues. And, and, and this is because they dry it all the way down. Um, it's really a consistent product. Um, Corn silage, that's another, all these large piles here of corn. That's basically the all the whole corn plant, right? Uh, cut up and, and packed into a pile. And that's really, when you walk around a dairy or when you drive by a dairy in California or anywhere, you get that kind of initial smell. 90% of the time, that's corn silage. That's the fermentation. That's not the, the manure smell or the, yeah, the waste smell. A lot of people say, oh, that's a lot of waste or a lot of manure. No, that's not manure. That's that's pre preserved. And the idea behind the quantities of it, there's like 20,000 ton of corn silage here. It only comes off once a year. So I kind of liken it to um, preserving jams or jellies, right? You have to find a way to basically preserve it for all year long. 
So that's why we put double plastic on it, pack it. We call it packing the pile. Try to get as much oxygen as you can out of the pile and then uh, really cover it and seal it. And it'll last two years if you do a good job, um, you know, preserving it. Normally, you know, we, we only buy enough for a year, but like that pile there is, I think 15, 16 months old. So, and it's, it actually gets like a wine. It gets better because the sugars break down the lignin in the plant and actually makes it more digestible. And the more time that goes on, the more it breaks down, the more it becomes more available to the cow. We're, we're shipping about 12,000 gallons a day. Okay, so each truck is 6,000, about 60, they can handle about 6,200 gallons. So twice a day we, we, we produce milk. Yeah, but we, we move, there's a lot of milk coming out of these girls. They are machine, they are athletes, these girls. I mean, they're just, you know, when I was growing up, uh, our average cow gave six gallons uh, per, you know, per day. And right now our average cow gives 10 and a half. And, and our average cow compared to say my grandfather's average cow, um, they eat exactly the same. And they, their, their quantity of manure is exactly the same. Their environmental impact is exactly the same, but yet we're producing more than a third milk just on genetic selection, you know, keeping the families that you want. And we follow them, we have, we know exactly, we keep records on every cow and, and we can follow them all the way back 11 generations back to when my grandfather started. The dairy business as a whole has got a lot, everybody's kind of elevated their standards. And a lot of that is genetics, a lot of that is housing and comfort, um, making sure they're drying, they're, they're laying down in a, a nice dry place, making sure they have clean their water, like we clean our water troughs daily. If you don't, my thing is if if you look at a water trough and you wouldn't want to drink out of it don't expect a cow to drink out of it and that's totally different than when i was a kid and saw the water troughs were the last thing you worried about right there were the things with the fish in it and and the algae and everything growing and the cow would kind of go there and look at it and kind of move it away and then go in and drink and but now it's it's different you know um so obviously a healthy cow is what we're looking for. Number one, we're looking for a cow that puts good quality milk in the tank daily and, um, and one that's gonna reproduce. That's the third part of it. So every one of these cows, um, there's only females on this dairy. So we don't, there's no males. It's all done artificial insemination. It's much less intrusive than a, a bull with an attitude going around um, and and we can more genetically select our families and our herd so you know we're a milk you know we produce milk but we also produce beef uh, because we sell these animals into the beef market and uh, we want an animal that has really good quality beef as well and jerseys typically to, to um, they have the quality is there but the quantity isn't so Typically, your your Holsteins are kind of an all-around milk first, obviously, but then they really give you good value in beef as well. Every, every tour that we give, I, I give, it's you got to remind people that you know that that burger that you're eating or that Taco Bell burrito or it, it's it's Holstein beef. <laughs> so I mean, most the good cuts, yeah, that comes from your Angus and you know your 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 beef cow, your your beef breeds. But there's a big demand for ground beef.
I think it's a Spanish tradition, vaca something, to where it's called, it's called, translates to old cow. Okay. And that there's dishes that they use and they actually prefer meat that's six, seven, oh, eight yeah. years old. Yeah. Similar in the way when you dry age. Dry the, age, the difference, yeah. The difference in flavor you get, it's, it's not the same flavor, but it's, it's the same effect. My guys do it every once in a while. It's called, uh, they use raw milk, kila, instant coffee, sugar, uh, and it's like this, you Google like party in the barn, they call it, right? And it's normally like early in the morning, and it's like a breakfast drink, well, they'll drink you know, a little cup of it, and they're like, we're ready to go. The Spanish recipe I failed to recall is called vaca vieja, which translates to old cow. The recipe requires beef from a mature cow, which makes for more intense flavor. The drink Arlen is describing is called paja recte, which translates to party in the barn. Common in Mexico, the recipe starts with a mixture of sugar, chocolate or instant coffee, and a high-proof liquor made from sugarcane. The mixture is traditionally brought over to a milking cow, where raw milk is squeezed directly into the cup from the udder. The drink is rumored to be a cure-all for all sorts of maladies, most notably hangovers, and the protein content is said to prepare labor for a full day's work. Yeah, no, my, my father was born in Holland, and right, at the end, I guess, of the Second World War, um, came to the United States looking for opportunity. Ended up in Hanford, California. He had, uh, actually, his parents had a, had a sponsor in Hanford, um, and they started with 20 cows. My dad went through high school in Hanford and the FFA program, and they spoke Dutch in the house. My dad still speaks fluent Dutch. I know all the bad words in Dutch. Uh, that's, that's about as far as it goes with me. They were dairymen, and that's what they did. They farmed and they, had, they made milk. When I came into the picture, you know, we were born and raised in Visalia on a 300 cow dairy. It was a rental place. I was one of five. I have two brothers and two sisters. We all had different ideas of what we wanted to do when we got older. I was the only one who really wanted to continue the cow thing. So yeah, I, I thought, you know, this is uh, kind of what I wanted to do. And being a stubborn Dutchman, not wanting to get my, my family's help, I went out and found a, a partner. So we got together. Um, we moved here to Galt 16 years ago. Uh, this year, the first of the year, is actually the, the year that we went through our transition and, 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 and I was able to buy them out. Uh, we own the ground, we own the dairy. It's been a journey and, you know, living here in the North Valley compared to living in, you know, the Central Valley, Visalia, Bakersfield area. I don't like to tell a lot of my fellow dairymen about it, but I think th this is the place to be. You're close to the Delta, you're close to the feed. We've got this beautiful breeze that comes from, uh, you know, the Delta and San Francisco Bay most days. The community has been great and, and uh, yeah, raised four kids here. And I, I don't know ultimately what they want to do, but I, I always encourage them to do what they want to do and find out in life what you you don't want to do before you, you know, settle on what you want to do. So I want them to have a plan A that's not the dairy. Um, I really, in my heart, want them to come back to the dairy, but I want them to do something else first, right? If one or two of them come to me and take the initiative and say, Dad, you know what, I, I want a part of this, then yeah, let's rock and roll, let's talk. 
If there's something you'd like to hear on Stories from California Cattle Country, you can contact me at ryan at calcattleman.org or leave comments on our various social media posts. We'll be back in two weeks with stories from Stemple Creek Ranch in Tomales, California. Thank you for listening. Thank you.